Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor Garrett Wong, who in 2012 played James Lee in the film Rising Sun, and myself, your favorite helmsman, uh-huh. Robert Duncan McNeil. AKA Robbie McDunk, RDM, Robbie D, whatever you want to call me. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast and lots more bonus material, all kinds of extras and fun stuff by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Rising Woo. Sun, Rising Sun, tell me about it. Well, before we go there, I just want to say I tried to. Okay, we have some people that listen to us only and some people that actually watch us, right? Yes, so yes. those who are watching us, I was trying to do, when you were doing the intro, I was trying to do a Delta and then I was trying to do flyers. Finger like flying. A, the, yes, yeah, finger fly. Bird. I was just trying to come up with a, you know, a gesture. Like a, like a our, cheerleading a, move. Yeah, Delta like, flyers, flyers. Like that. Go Delta yeah. flyers. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah, we need Something Delta Flyers like cheerleading. Oh, I can just go like that, right? Whole Delta cheerleading squad. Oh, look at that. Delta Flyers. Like that. So nice. there you go. That's our secret uh, code for those of you that have video. You can you see can the see secret that. hand signal. Yes. And that would be for uh, our Patreon patrons. Yeah. Patreon patrons. It's hard to you say that the really fast. Hands, yeah. Handshake. Secret handshake. The Delta Flyers. There you go. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, rising sun rising sun yeah Tell me about i it. couldn't even remember what you were talking about and then i was like oh my gosh another independent film yes i don't even know how i somebody reached out to me that knew someone else that knew someone i don't know it was just i didn't even audition for this i was just called up and said hey do you want to work on this project this independent film this yeah short basically that we're doing and oh. i said okay yeah i'll do it um but I play like a, I play like a martial arts instructor that has a, a dojo and I'm dealing with my kid. I have a teenage daughter in it that I'm looking at. We never after. talked about this before. Have no. you and I talked about this? We, no. we have not talked about this because it's, it's okay. not my biological daughter. It's, it's, uh, it's someone that I've, uh, it's my friend's daughter. My friend passes away and, and she would have been an orphan. So I, I'm taking care. I'm raising this kid basically. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And the thing was, I, I'm supposed to ride a Harley. And the whole time I'm filming this, I was thinking about you. I was like, dang it. I wish Robbie was down here because they wanted me to, to film a sequence of me riding the Harley into uh, the side, parking it on the side of the street where the dojo was. And I don't ride motorcycles. I don't ride yeah. Harleys. So I and, you know, that's a big they're big bikes, oh, depending yeah. on which one it is. And but they're heavy. It was, a, heavy. It was the what's the widest one you can get? Uh, fat, fat back or fat, whatever you fat could, boy fat boy it was one of those it was yeah. just it was it was big soft tail soft uh, maybe it was soft tail whatever it was road glide yeah it was big and it was cumbersome and it was heavy and it was and i told Very the director heavy. i said i don't i can't ride this they were like oh i thought you said you could i said no Did they Robbie have a double can you? but i can't is <laughs> so no so they basically found some some the, the guy that owned the bike rode it 
but he oh, doesn't look funny. anything like me. He, he was probably 20 years my senior. He was Latino. You know, it was just a whole nother. It didn't look oh, anything funny. like me, but they still filmed him writing it because so, they had to have right. someone write it in. So it was really bizarre um, how the, the, the first time that we shot with the motorcycle, it was like, OK, well, we can show him riding up. And then we can show me getting off of it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So we did, we yeah, kind of did that. that a thousand. I've done that yeah. with stunt, stunt riders a bunch, you know, dr- yeah. they drive up and then when they reach for the helmet, you cut to the close up and off yeah. comes the actor. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, um, they found a couple of other actors that you would recognize in other projects and, and kind of cobbled together this little indie, indie film, short film thing that they did. So, um, I don't know whatever I, I'm to be honest, they were, they were going to try to shop it to make it into a longer full length uh-huh. project sure, is what sense. it was. Yeah. So it was more of a teaser thing than anything else. So not, instead wow. of a finished project, right? but right. Um, yeah, I mean, I had fun on it. Everyone I worked with, all the actors were great. Um, but other than that, don't have and a lot of and memories the motor, and the motorcycle. Yeah. And the motorcycle, <laughs> I remember the motorcycle. Oh, and the, Oh, and the DP, the director of photography, was um lethal weapon actor danny glover it was danny glover's cousin that's oh, all okay. i remember yeah it was like yeah our dp's danny glover's cousin i said oh that's cool so that's cool did danny glover come to visit no he did not oh well, so, oh, yeah. well. <laughs> i don't know i mean maybe yeah maybe he was he planned a visit but never showed up uh, i don't know but um mm. But yeah, that was, again, it was another independent project that was so long ago that the details are. Yes. Starting you have to have a memory like mine. Yes. Start, it's turning Sometimes. into it. I'm yeah. four years behind you, man. So, you well, know, it's, it's happening. Let, we better get through. We've only got uh, eight more episodes or something like I that. I can't believe Seven that. Or eight more that is, episodes. Yeah. Let, let me. Yeah. Let me just. Uh, uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. And if you count Endgame as one and two, seven and eight, we have eight episodes left. Wow. That's it. This is in, it's incredible. We've come this far. Yeah, we better get through these before your memory completely goes. Let's and you do can't it. remember that you were ever on Star Trek. Since we're getting near the end of the series, I've gotten very nostalgic. We're ta- uh, Rebecca and I, we're all talking about these old, the old days. And she found, uh, last last week, she found... Uh, or a couple of weeks ago, she found Workforce Part One, mm-hmm. my actual script that I used. We found both of my copies of Workforce Part Two. Good. So you guys know, we're going to put mm-hmm. those up on the store. There's two copies of Workforce Part Two that Roxanne directed. And for this week's episode that we're reviewing, we found two scripts of uh, Human Error. Yeah. And I found the shooting schedule, which has our whole schedule of all of the elements for each scene in the order that we were shooting them so like the very first shot of that episode human error of this episode was in astrometrics with janeway paris tuvok and seven and it shows you the schedule so we're going to put the shooting schedule up on the store we're going to put two scripts from human error two scripts from workforce part two i even found a script for the void which we did a while back but nice Check out the store if you want these scripts. They're actually my scripts that were given to me on the show. 
I've kept them all these years and now they can be yours because I'm letting it go. All you got to do is go to the Delta flyers.org.org and go look at our shop section and you can find these scripts from Robbie. At some point when I start going through all my boxes, I will probably do the same thing that Robbie's doing. But at this point, um, Robbie has the spotlight. So if anyone is interested in those scripts, please check those out. Remember, these are there's only a couple of them. So I've only um, got one or two for not yeah, even every episode. Yeah. So, so someone's going to be the lucky bidder or yeah. the lucky purchaser of these scripts. So good luck to everybody on that one. Let's get into it. Human <laughs> error. Here we go. We're going to go watch it and we'll come back with our recap and discussion for all our Patreon patrons. Stick around for your bonus material. Okay, we're back. We are um, back. Shocking about who directed this one, because yes. he just directed he just directed part one of Workforce, and they had him come right back while he's in post production. He must, or, yeah, just back to back. I, I know. I mean, he's doing pre production for this episode while he's doing post production for Workforce Part One. Basically, if you yeah. think about that, yeah. Yeah, he was busy. That's, this was very busy for that's him. That's not the norm, though, Robbie. Correct? I mean, who comes back no. that quickly? Well, no. I, when I did, um, when I did, um, Chuck, Dawson, maybe Dawson's Creek. D Dawson's. I would often go to do a couple in a row, not three in a row, but I do. Wow. I'd prep and then shoot one, and then yeah. go right into prep, and then shoot another one. So I'd be gone for like, you know, six, seven weeks. Right. But there the was another episodes. director in between your two episodes, though, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yes. While okay. I was shooting my yes. first one, someone was prepping to shoot yes. theirs, and then... Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then so you've done shooting, this drill. You've done the Craker right here. Yeah, what what yeah. Craker's have been doing. It's not... Yeah. It's not um, it doesn't happen a lot, right. but... But uh, it yeah, does I'm happen. Trying to, it does happen. Mm. I'm trying to think this year. Did I on Resident Alien? Did I do? Yeah, I did. I did the first episode and then Leah Thompson did the second and then mm -hmm. I did the third episode. So yeah. I was back to back. That's right. And then I didn't direct again until the eighth episode. So, mm. yeah, it does happen. But, yeah, we love Alan. I'm thrilled. And I, by the way, I love that you had Leah Thompson directing. You guys had I Leah know. Thompson of all I people. Know. My childhood She's crush awesome. watching Back She's to the awesome. Future. My gosh. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. Let's start right. off with our poetry synopsis let's for do. Human Error. Here we go. <clears throat> My haiku. Seven tries dating. Chakotay is the flavor. Could have been Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the best haiku ever. Oh, thank you. Let's hear wow. that. Uh, let's hear that limerick. Let's hear right, the limerick. Here comes a limerick. And I, I think mm. my limerick is going to give you a sense yeah. of what I thought about this episode. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. <laughs> in a poetic way, I'm going to share my, my feelings a little bit. We'll get into sure. it in a recap. Let's hear it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Seven goes on a holodeck binge. And gets feelings for Chakotay a tinge. The ship's nearly destroyed, but destruction we avoid. And this episode really makes me cringe. Oh, you added your own commentary about the episode in the limerick for the I episode. Did. I did. I don't normally uh, do that. Is, could I call that meta? What do I call that? I mean, what, what's happening right uh, now? Yeah, it's wow. art. It's art. 
Exactly. It it's, is hard. It's your choice. You chose us to uh, do your limerick that way. And no yeah. one can judge that. That is your absolute 1000% choice. Wow. How? You didn't like this episode at all. I did not. I'm so like sorry. Episode I'm really sorry. I, I didn't, I didn't have a, uh, as violent a reaction as you did, <laughs> but did not but like I, it. There's some odd points in here. That's for sure. Okay. I, I have say some, that much. I have some evidence. I have some, Okay. I've done some research. I have a, an original script. Uh, yeah. By the way, I, as I mentioned before, I've yeah. got an, a, a bunch of original scripts. Yes. Uh, this is the original script from Human Error, the one yeah. that was given to me right. that we're going to be putting up on the store. But thank God I found it because I went and looked back at the original script at a couple of things where I was just like, I can't believe that that's what they really wrote and intended Oh, that just put it over the edge for oh. me. And so I found I've got some, as you You've can see, some, post-it yeah. notes. Yeah. So when we get there, I'll be talking about it. Yes. Uh, and anyway. funny and funny enough, every season we have a different colored cover for our yes. Star Trek Voyager scripts. Season seven was green. So hence, for those of you who are watching this, every time Robbie lifts it up, it's basically another green screen, essentially. So I can't uh, get the, she can't, I can't get yeah. the, I can't. Yeah. But trust us, it is. Oh, yeah. When you've kind of waved when it, like wave a it fan, around, it's, and you yeah. can see the actual green for a split second. Okay. All right. Well, let us continue. Um, yes, let's talk, let's, we talked about director. How about yes. writer? What's the. Oh, uh, well, the writer, wait. again, here's Brandon Braga. I was in insisting that he had been part of workforce, but no. No. Brandon, Brandon Braga and Andre Bormanis. Oh, Andre Bormanis. Yes. I say Bormanis, you say Bormanis, however we yes. pronounce it. We still Andre, but yeah, we've had Andre on as a guest, yep. and I has I was really shocked. I was like, oh, Andre wrote this with Brandon, yeah. yeah. And this was his story, story by Andre and Ken Biller. Okay, so interesting. Andre, it seems to me with these credits, the way yeah. things are credited, seems to me that Andre had this idea. Yeah. Sold it, developed it as a story with Ken. And yep. then Brandon came in and wrote it with Andre. Right. Uh, or polished it. Andre maybe did the first pass and then Brandon took a, uh, you know, a, an editing pass on it. And yeah. So that's how I think those credits. So it feels like the Genesis is uh, an Andre Bormanis. I said Bormanis. Um, that's the way I pronounce it. Thank you. I know. I, you, you, you got me. Oh, I'm changing um, you. Let's dive right into this, though, because okay. I really want to get into it. <laughs> okay, so the episode oh. starts with a shot of two candles and an open book, which then racks focus to a close-up of a metronome in the foreground. Which, so I thought, wow, this is kind of art housey to begin with. I'm like, what's happening yes. here? So the metronome is going on. Then all of a sudden, we have another shot where we see an 18th century bronze bust of, I don't know what composer or individual that Beethoven is. Beethoven or somebody. Yeah, Beethoven, somebody, Mozart. And then the camera pans down to see hands playing on a piano. We get a bunch of different shots of the, the hands, different angles. The Finally, sheet music. Yeah, the sheet yeah. music. Finally, we do see from behind, uh, it's a female, uh, blonde female, hair down. And so we're assuming this is probably seven. Yes. Uh, then all of a sudden it does cut to a very close up uh, profile shot of seven playing the piano. So we know it's seven. But then it very abruptly cuts to the show's opening credits from there. It's and I thought, weird. what are you what are you it, doing? It, it, like, it was like we reveal that it's her and then yeah. it fade, fades out without a sound. It, nothing happens. Nothing. And it goes, bam, there's no, there's no, there is no uh, exciting action. There's nothing to I wrote pull down, us into this episode. Is this supposed to be compelling? 
Like, is this? No, it's teaser? not compelling. It's, it's more. Not. No, it's okay. more. Um, it's more uh, sort of art housey in a way. It like, was I, bizarre. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a. It's a. It was bizarre. It's a very art I, house I'm, film. I'm going to go right to the script. Okay. For this scene. Yeah. It was such me, a weird me. scene. I was like, is that Please. how they wrote it? Yeah. Read it. Like, because I thought that uh, the shots were very cool. And I thought, yeah. wow, um, I, I guess that uh, Alan Craker must have had these ideas of these shots. Right. I gave him the credit for that. But no. Wow. In the script, scene one, just a metronome beating <laughs> a steady tempo over and over. Scene two, snow is falling outside by a bay window. The panes are edged with frost. Scene three, flames of a flames crackle, a fireplace in a uh, stacked with wood. <laughs> Scene four. So all of these shots were scripted. Wow. This wasn't Alan Craker who no. came up with these shots. Uh-uh. Scene four, it continues. We see from behind a woman playing piano dressed in ca- casual clothes. Yeah. Scene five, the woman's hands on the keyboard. Scene six, tight shot on a sheet music. Scene seven, tight shot on her eyes. Yeah. We didn't get that shot. We nope. didn't get a tight no shot. Eye of her shot. Eyes. No. And then back to the metronome where the camera moves slowly to reveal seven of nine. Mm-hmm. End of the teaser. That is exactly how it was scripted. Nothing happens except we reveal seven of nine knows how to play piano. Is that supposed to be compelling? I immediately okay. was like, oh, okay, I'm not. Can, uh, I, I, can I give you a little context right now? Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you remember early on when Janeway revealed that peach or apricot nighty and that scene? Okay. That was directed by Rick Colby, who was dating Kate Mulgrew at the time. And there was that very slow, slow push into Kate, like unnaturally slow, because it was his homage to his girlfriend. You see what I'm saying? It was sort of like he really souped it up because he was in love with Kate. So he felt like, oh, this is my this is my love letter to her. And I'm going to really. So it was almost overly dramatic and overly when it shouldn't been. And so the context I'm trying to give you is Jerry Ryan is now divorced from her husband and she is dating Brandon Braga. So Brandon yes. writes this very kind of romance novel beginning because he's deeply in love with Jerry Ryan at this point in history. So but that's for why the I'm audience, there's no story. No, there's no story. No, because it's that's not what's that's not what his intention was. You see even what I'm if, saying? Yeah, his intention even, was this is darling, sweetheart. I'm going to I'm going to make this I'm going to. I'm going to carve this whole script out to just showcase you and, and how but much I was, love you. It was I bizarre feel. because we didn't even see her for until the very end. And yeah. it would have been different if we had done all of this. She's playing piano. Oh, she's playing piano. And then all of a sudden, red alert or something. Something. And some the inciting holodeck yeah. goes off and she's got to run to do something. Yeah. At least we would have felt like, oh, she's playing piano, but there's... Something's happening. Nothing happened in the scene. So I give it a thumbs down. Okay. And I'm going to play devil's advocate. A lot of times when you go to film festivals and you see some real art house films, there are certain certain scenes that really don't go anywhere. It's just a scene to be a scene. That's it. And this but is you pretty admit, much. You said originally this was weird because it, it was just weird because it so credits. abruptly went to opening credits. There's no inciting incident. I said nothing happened. That's what it's I'm saying. It's just her playing saying. the piano, right? But That's I'm telling I'm you, the context is Brandon yes. Braga is in love with Jerry Ryan at this point in history. That's it. Okay, they're dating. They're an item. 
So I know I'm just saying that sort of informs how you write, or maybe he was so in love. He was jumbled up in his head. He couldn't find the proper format of inciting incident, bringing us into the story, you know, that he typically writes with maybe because Brandon, I think is a great writer. I think he's a talented writer. He can get the job done. And I'm just saying, that's why I'm surprised with this whole script, to be honest, this feels like so many. Yeah. I hear you. Derailed weird moments. I I hear you. I'm just not as, I'm not as, turned off as you are by this script i cannot wait to hear your rating of this i mean i'm cringe cringe i know you're cringing big time i know okay all right so the only guest star the only guest star is manu uh interami as icheb who is still wearing the exact same outfit he has had on since he's been on voyager i'm 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 really upset i feel like somebody should have said hey we're gonna take up a collection or we're gonna take use our star our replicator rations to replicate you some more clothing i mean what is happening yeah. here it's just yeah. not fair all right we're in the mess hall Torres's baby shower is happening so you were right your guess was that something happened with i the remembered babies. we had baby Good stuff job. but i thought it was i thought it was seven asking Bolana about motherhood or something. I knew right. that Seven was trying to figure out this human thing, but I thought it was all about the baby. Right. Just, right. And, and, but, but you did get the thing right about her asking Bolana a question. She does ask she her a question her about later. The hair. It's about yeah. the coiffure as yeah. she so, yeah. you know, described it. So yeah, yeah but they, but anyway, you were in the ballpark, which was You're good. In the ballpark. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah so, we're in the mess hall. It's a mm-hmm. baby shower. It looks legit. What we don't know is this is all it's all a holodeck. Holodeck. holodeck program. Yeah. Holodeck. Yes, a holodeck program. Mm. Um, baby shower. I loved when Tom, uh, you know, takes the, uh, the puzzle that Tuvok gave the Plenok puzzle yeah. as a baby gift. And yeah. he says, Oh, I love a good puzzle. And then immediately breaks the whole thing. <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, my favorite moment was my gift to you guys. When she opens it up and she says, uh, Torres says Starfleet diapers. And I say standard issue. And right at that moment, it cuts away from the scene because it's seven walking off with Janeway to the side. Yes. And you hear your, did you hear what you said? Low no, down, <laughs> low down. You go, well, at least I know who to call if there's a containment breach, like, oh, you know, containment funny. breach of poop, poop or pee yeah. or whatever. Right. So it's very low. So you have to turn up your volume, but Paris does have a, of a, you know, almost a sotto voce voice. It's very low um, because it, it, it puts the that's focus my on dry comedy. Technique. It is. That's I liked it. Underplayed comedy. I liked it. Seven it does walk cool. to the side with Janeway and thanks her basically for being being there for her and showing yeah. her the way. Uh, and then I love the last line where Seven says, may she inherit. Uh, she says, Seven says, may she inherit a sense of logic from her mother. And yes. basically it's a cut on Tom. And then Harry goes, I'll drink to that. And I, I just I loved how the flourish and how how much I dived into that line of I'll drink to that. I was almost yeah, like, was a, very, I was, was almost good. like someone who's drinks, you know, this side based. It was funny to me. Cause but it's, it, 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 it also in this scene, when seven talks to Janeway, mm. it surprised me when Janeway says, you don't need to regenerate anymore that, yeah, uh, that's right. you know, she's getting rid of her Borg imp- implant. Oh, and she, yeah. she doesn't have her Borg implants. We didn't mention yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Like, we totally forgot. Seven doesn't have her Borg implants. So Correct. the doctor's like, well, now that you don't have your Borg implants, you don't need to regenerate. Maybe you could use some quarters. And so I was like, wait a minute. I don't remember this. I was, yeah. It was all very confusing to me, but yeah. it does appear for the moment. We don't know we're in a holodeck yet. No, it appears don't. like seven's fine. She's totally human now. She's going to get some quarters. 
and all yeah. that is happening. Yes. Weirdness. Yes. We jumped um, to the bridge yep. and now we're in real time. Paris, uh, the camera comes across Paris. Paris says that there's a, a energy discharge that he's reading on long range sensors, but all of a sudden it's gone. So he reads it and then it disappears. And Tuvok uh, says that these discharges keep happening and they're happening about 5.9 light years ahead of us. And we just mm -hmm. can't, we can't get a clear reading. We're not sure what they are. Can't get so the readings. Yeah. yeah. Janeway says, Hey, seven of nine calls seven of nine. Yeah. We hear go seven, to, go to astrometrics. Yeah. That's yeah. what she says. Go mm -hmm. to astrometrics. And so we hear seven say acknowledged. And then we cut back into mess hall mess hall. And I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, that's the moment I was like, that's, Oh, this is all. Yep. And that's all when a, she ends the program. Yeah, she ends she's the program. program. It was all uh, a simulation. Yeah. And that's it. Now we know. It's not the real deal. Didn't and really now happen. We know, now we know that that, was, that simulation was wrong because Tom Paris can do puzzles. And it, it that's why he broke the puzzle, because it was not the real Tom Paris. Of if course. If it was the real see? Tom Paris... He'd be fine with that puzzle. Of course. And, you know, and it, it, she would never dare to say, and may the daughter inherit some sense of logic, you know, exactly in real life to real Tom. She would no, never say Tom that. is smart and he can do puzzles really good. Do puzzles. Okay, good, good. And he's good at he's good at evasive maneuvers. Yes. We <laughs> we do go to Astrometrics where Seven and Tuvok are talking about yep. scans. Um there, she, she picks up some unusual subspace radiation and metallic debris, mm -hmm. um, but no vessels, uh, yeah. she confirms. And uh, now Janeway brings up to Tom. She asks Tom, does Bolanek uh, suspect anything? Yeah, so we realize we realize that this baby shower that Seven was practicing for. Yeah, is really uh, going to happen. Is really going to happen. Mess Hall, 1400 hours being That's time. Right. Well, she tells Janeway tells both to both Tuvok and Seven who are in the scene. She says, "Bye, and I expect yeah. both of you to be there because she knows these these guys are the ones that never go. Right? They're the yeah. party poopers. They're they really are." And so, uh, you know, Seven says, "No, I'm busy," and Janeway insists, "No, I think you can find the time." Yes. Janeway leaves with Tom, and there's a little conversation between Tuvok, basically commiserating with Seven about yeah. her uncomfortability at social gatherings, exactly. and I keep thinking. To be honest, these two are the perfect couple, really. I oh, mean, if you yeah. think about it, I mean, you know, forget about Chakotay later on. It's these two, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Um, she talks a little bit about in this scene about how she's trying to get better at social events or she's trying to learn things, new things. Mm -hmm. um, and we jump to the Seven's new quarters, which looked like it was a green screen for some reason to me. I was like, what's... Why does it not look well, clear, it was so empty? Clean. It was empty. Is that it was what it was? An, it was just yeah, odd. Yeah. It was just an empty quarters. Yeah. Neelix is there with her. Uh, I love when he's looking around. He, he's looking around because there's no furniture. There's nothing, there's nothing in there. There's nothing there as a and bed. She's, yeah. yeah, she's back to the no. So now we know the, the rules when she's back to that look with her hair down. And yeah, that's and not the real deal. That's yeah. not the real deal. So we know right. immediately she's back in another simulation do you think that's what the intent of the writers was in the beginning was just hey the only way we're going to the only way we're not going to confuse our audience is if we have to make sure she has no implants on during the scenes that are in the holodeck and then probably put them back on. yeah i think yeah. maybe that was a smart thing for them to do yeah um well neelix discussing interior design i love as he moves around the room he does like this 
circle dance, his yes. little like jig, which I yeah. thought was very funny. I liked it. My funny uh, part, what I got out of here was when she said she's looking at one wall and she says, a multi-spectral star chart might enhance this bulkhead. And then um, Nealis is like, or a painting. And she's like, painting of a star chart. And I know it's like a painting yeah, entirely, not funny. a, not a freaking star chart. We don't need that. You already do that all day at work. The other thing Neelix um, in the scene suggests is maybe adding some color photographs, artwork, or knickknacks. Yeah. Seven goes knickknacks. And he yeah. says, yes, little carvings like the wood carvings in Ensign Kim's quarter. What, I went, what, what, what wood carvings are those? What, 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 did what, I, did I do a carving of a saxophone, a wood carving no of a little idea, tiny clarinet? Maybe but I did I, a wood carving of you, Tom, because I said, this is my best friend. I'm going to carve. I'm going to whittle. That's what we call it in the it just US. Seemed like a I'm going to whittle Tom Paris right now. Seemed, I'm going to whittle like you. A very specific wood carvings like Harry's. When you, when, you don't have any wood carvings that I'm aware of. We're going to have to go no. look at episodes with your quarters, but I don't know. Like, that's think, not a significant thing in your No, in Brandon, your Brandon was head over heels in love with Jerry, and he didn't even remember what Harry has in his quarters. So he just wrote yeah. that. He's like, yeah, yeah, wood carving. What would you think the wood carvings are of? I joked around. One was of Tom. One was of a clarinet. And what would you think if you were to say Harry's got wood mm. carvings? They are of what? I think Harry has carved a wood image of all of the women that he's met in the Delta Quadrant so far. He's got a collection of wood carvings <laughs> of all of the ladies he's fallen in love with. His his memories of all of them. That's always, what I think. I can always count on you to make yes. me laugh. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Chakotay comes in. He brings a housewarming uh, gift. A housewarming gift, which is a dream catcher. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, oh, it's such a cliche. I wish it had been something more legit. It feels yeah. like a dream catcher to me is like something you get at the gas station near the like, it's just such a touristy cliche. I wish it had been something a little more specific. Or what, if, or what if it was a really futuristic looking dream catcher, like a, something different than the standard yeah, maybe, dream maybe. catcher you buy? I don't know. It in just New felt Mexico. like such a low hanging fruit, easy. Easy cliche answer to put to say yeah. the Native American character is going to bring a dream catcher. Yeah. We, have, we have banned dream catchers on Resident Alien with our indigenous stories. We have a lot. Are you of, being serious? You're being, being totally, totally serious. serious. Wow. Because Kenny Frost, who is our indigenous uh, advisor, yeah, he says they're not a, a huge part of our culture. There's so right. many other things. It's become the the dream catcher symbol. <laughs> Yeah. has become a a cliche, a caricature, a cartoon of our culture. So let's say it's so very 90s. It's a very 90s, it's a very yeah. 90s choice for them to do that. Seven does yeah. say, hey, I studied up all about your culture. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, this is the episode where something happens between these two. Yeah. I uh, That was my key right there. She studied up about his culture. Yes. As he's about to leave, she then says, hey, wait, I've been working on learning how to cook new things. How about you come to dinner? And there it is. She asks out hollow. Well, th this is the first scene and there's a lot of flirting. There's the flirting when Neelix leaves early on oh, or even man. before Neelix leaves, they flirt yeah. a little, you feel it. Yeah. Um, and then there's heavy flirting on the, you know, as they, as she starts to say, as he starts to say goodnight. Mm -hmm. And I just want to pause and say, I think 
that the holodeck should have safety protocols that we cannot program our colleagues as fantasy Ooh, characters. It, I it is think dis- it is me, very, very, you're right. It's distasteful. It, but and it's also a violation, I think, violation. of somebody's of somebody's rights in a way, yes. right? I yes. mean, unless you have permission from that other person, right, yes. to do that, yes. you are yes. now you're now using their likeness and their image in for real. You're using it in a real way. In a real way, yes. I I found that as soon as they started flirting, I'm going, oh, this is this mm. is her programming Chakotay. She's stealing his name and likeness and and his yeah. he's having an experience with him in a way that is violating i think and just imagine by the way yeah just imagine if harry kim yes programmed the holodeck with seven and made her have sex with him or do something that would be or, or or the captain programmed the captain and now harry or tom programs the captain that oh it's just a fantasy no this is someone that i work with there should be yeah. a rule so yeah. i found it immediately i was like this is where this, this is, is where cool. you you were yeah this is where you were, you became repulsed with this episode right here so this is in the first what is this this is the first 5 minutes of this yeah this is the first 5 the minutes app, and you've already you've you've already poo-pooed it basically because of I, this and i i, am I understand not happy that about i understand it. you i understand you 1000% and it's funny because coming from 7 and 9's point of view you kind of almost forgive it a little bit because it's the woman making the selection of the of the mate as opposed to the man choosing the mate with why is it shouldn't be. Shouldn't a, no, there shouldn't. You should. No, you shouldn't. You're right. It's it, the it should same be completely kind of abuse as if a man yes, it yes. objectified it's, it's, it a woman. The gender does not matter, right? No. The gender does not matter whatsoever. But I'm saying that I think old school thinking, '90s thinking, is that yes, it's a woman selecting the man. So She's making okay. the choices, so it's okay. Yeah. In the '90s, if you had Harry Kim choosing Janeway, it would not have been okay. Even in the '90s, no. they would have thought, "What are you into? Um, dreams of 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 forced, you know, uh, uh, rape? Basically, you know, I mean, yeah. there's there's issues with that, definitely. And and, and not to get now, ahead of myself, yeah, not to get ahead of myself, but if Seven really didn't think that she was doing anything wrong, mm-hmm. she would have told everybody when they asked later on, and she yes, lied she's hiding it, right? She hides it from everybody. But see, so, but, but then now, now then the question rise arises that now in real life there are people that have fetishes or have you know what I'm saying that engage in certain behavior that they're embarrassed by it. So maybe this is what that this is what it's showcasing. Maybe this is what it's spotlighting, or this is another angle that we haven't looked at. Maybe it from, you see seven programmed AI our holodeck yeah. to yeah. put Chakotay's face. Yeah. On a story that's not true. Oh, correct. And to use that in a way that I just found it distasteful from the wow. beginning. Wow. I did not. If this okay. had been a fake Let, character, if she had gone yeah. to the holodeck to practice her human behaviors with right. a fictional characters she had created on the holodeck, I would be fine. Yes. I would be fine with it. To okay. me, the fundamental problem is this is a colleague. This is someone she currently is going right. to have to clearly walk down the hall with and right. work with. Right. And you should not be able to do that without permission. Yeah. Create, um, create a fictional character. Anyway, I digress. Let's move on. All right. So now we are in sick bay. The doctor mm-hmm. is singing a lullaby, a lullaby. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the, the a lyrics. Terrifying lullaby. Yeah, terrifying. The lyrics it's set themselves. Seven brings light to that. Then the doctor says that he has recorded 29 lullabies as his baby shower gift 
for Bellata and Tom. And he's doing this. Nightmare. Yes. And this is not the holodeck. This is real life. He really did this. At the real baby shower, (laughs) really gave them 29 terrifying. And not uh, just Earth songs in English, but you have Klingon lullabies as well that he sings for you. He's doing a maintenance checkup on Seven of Nine. He wants to basically realign a clamp in her arm to stop her shoulder pain that she has. She refuses because she has research to complete. Research. He gets pushy. He says, uh, well, what kind of reason? And she basically kind of rebukes him. She says, look, you're you're uh, you're getting a little too close. And my personal Mm -hmm. life is none of your concern. Mm -hmm. And we jump out of that scene into the bridge where we have an energy discharge. Shockwaves are hitting the the ship. And uh, says report Mm -hmm. Paris says is an energy discharge. Um, She's calling for full power to the shields. We cut out to space and see this really cool, you know, wave in space. The first time we see it. Yeah. Um, the shock wave hitting them broadside. The wave is cool, but I didn't like how it hit our ship. The, when really? It, it, yeah. The effect afterwards was kind of cheesy, I thought. so. But again, it's 1990s uh, visual effects. So I'm sure current day budgets and technology level would make it a lot better. But mm-hmm. you're okay with it. You didn't have a problem. I thought it was cool. I thought the, okay. the big shock wave was cool. Okay. Um, we come back inside and Janeway says to Paris, Next time, you know, turn our bow to the wave front. It'll minimize the jam- damage. Yeah. And Paris is like, sorry, Captain, there wasn't enough time. Yeah. I feel like, again, Tom is a smart pilot. Like, I don't know why they wrote Janeway constantly telling him. I feel like she's maneuver. micromanaging you. Why is she micromanaging you? And I feel like I've missed this in this whole yeah. podcast, but I'm starting to notice a pattern of like, yes, there. Tom has never had a moment yeah. where he's like, you I know, got the solution. It's crazy because she doesn't micromanage anyone else. else. Yeah, no, it's just Tom. And it's so funny because she went way out of her way to recruit you. She had to go to the New Zealand penal colony and pull you out of prison to bring you on the ship. So if you're going to go to that much trouble because this is the best pilot in the quadrant on on Earth or whatever, let him pilot. his ideas. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay, but anyway, so there's another another uh, wave, but it's too far to pose a threat for us right, right now. So we go into the astrometrics lab. We see a big graphic mm-hmm. of this kind of a way a warhead hitting some kind of probe, maybe or subspace yeah, warheads. So, yeah. So basically, it's long range subspace warheads firing at unmanned vessels or probes, whatever it may be. Yes, so it's, it's a military, yeah, it's a military firing range. It's a target mm-hmm. target range for mm-hmm. somebody. We don't know who uh, we have an exterior space shot of Voyager at impulse. And then we're back to astrometrics mm-hmm. again. And now the doctor, so there's a passage of time. The doctor has sent each to sort of relieve Seven, to give her some more regeneration time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Echip starts doing this thing where he starts quoting. Uh, he was, he's like, don't shoot don't, them. Yeah, don't, don't shoot the mess. Don't kill the messenger or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. he'll he'll say the quote, then he'll say who it's from, who wrote it. And this becomes a pattern with Echip yeah. in this episode. He's, which got, is, he's got quotes, he's got quotes for everything. every situation. But it's good because it's it, does set up, it does set up something that made me LOL big time. Because I was I was watching this um, with my earbuds on and it was very late. And so basically I was watching, watching. And the one thing that made me laugh is the payoff that happens later uh, between these two. Uh, But she basically says, fine, I'll, 
I'll give you, you know, you, you can relieve me. I'm going to take off and get a little, little bit more regeneration time like the doctor wants. But please mm-hmm. keep an eye out for gravimetric distortions, because mm-hmm. this is the way that Seven has basically said that we can detect these warheads right before they come out. There's a little bit of gravimetric distortion. And then we know we we've got to watch out at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in cargo bay. She goes to regenerate. But guess what? She changes her mind and, and by leaves. The way, she leaves. But by the way, she stands there staring at the static circle <laughs> regeneration thing. And I just went, that's exactly what Janeway didn't work for. She just stared at the static circle like like it shows them anything. Anyway. Hey, maybe we don't. There's something we don't know. Maybe there's some type of secret society. Maybe she was high this. and she was looking at it going. No, Whoa. no, maybe no. seven. What if the, what if the circle is some type of uh, uh, some type of representation of a deity that we don't even know about? Okay, and they maybe. are okay. I I know I used to stand there on set and stare stare at the circles because they are hypnotic. (laughs) I would just like, fine. Whoa. Look at that pattern. It's just funny that everyone's been staring at it. (laughs) Every episode, they're just staring at it. Uh, As as if there's something there. Yeah. Anyway, she regenerates for like, does she even regenerate for a second? Does it even maybe? No, she just kind of walks up, looks at the circle and leaves. Gets it, gets it ready to go. And then turns around and leaves. She leaves. We We go into engineering. There is a cool twisty shot. There is steady cam shot of you see people walking on the glass floor balcony above us. We tilt yep. down. There's Torres trying to um, get the injector ports aligned. Uh, yeah, she's helping she's her. busy. She's busy. She's moving. Mm-hmm. She's moving. Uh, mm-hmm. Torres is uh, Torres is on the move, and that's when Seven shows up and says, "Hey, I'm sorry, I." didn't make the baby shower. Here's your gift, mm-hmm. which are these little tiny, cute little booties. But the way she describes them is so Borg, like, you know, the, these will protect your infant in minus like 75 de- uh, degrees Celsius uh, weather. Mm-hmm. What I just, as if you would ever put your kid Super in that type useful. Of, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thanks seven. Right. Um, seven sort of trails after Torres. Mm-hmm. She's going from station to station. Finally, she says, look, I have a personal question. And Torres is like, yeah, go for it. You have an appealing coiffure. What is your grooming regimen? Which is again, what a hilarious line. And then Torres says, "Wait, you're asking me what do I do with my hair? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're asking me? It's very yeah, funny. I was. This is what maybe why, why I thought I remembered this as if it was about babies, but it was you about her hair. So, yeah, it was know. the hair. It was hair. I do have a nice, funny little line when um, Seven does leave because Torres gives shoots me a look mm-hmm. like what, and I'm like, must be an alien intruder on board. Bum, mm-hmm. bum, bum. So I get a little something there, a little um, joke at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. holodeck." Back to the holodeck. That's where she goes. She went straight to her dinner program mm-hmm. with Chakotay. Mm-hmm. Okay? Chakotay. Although time is weird because they talk about later, they talk about how many hours she spent on the holodeck. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. This is the first the date that she talked about. It's like there really is only should have been three hours. Of, that's it. On the yeah. holodeck. It doesn't seem like there should be 65 hours. That's however long she spent. Seven's quarters. Um, she's now... Basically, in her dinner date with Chicote, she's in a very low cut dress. Yes, red hair is down. Uh, mm-hmm. The Chopin music plays mm-hmm. in the background. There's an awkward mirror moment. I thought when she's looking at herself in the mirror, uh, Chicote says, "You look perfect." That Can was the setup, though. That was the setup, right? For yeah. Her to look at the mirror later when she sees her Borg self. Correct. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Chicote says, "Give me a hand with this." He's trying to get a cork out of the. 
bottle and they both are sort of awkwardly struggling with a cork, which I just thought if she's a part Borg, wouldn't she be able to pull the cork out of there? That'd be so easy for her. There would be yeah. no effort for her. That thing would have come yeah. out with just two fingers. She would have yeah. she went, gone. Okay. So yeah. So that was a little bit of a hole in the script there. Understood. They go over to start slicing vegetables. She says, please assist me slice the vegetables transversely in five millimeter increments. <laughs> I thought was so yeah, super romantic meal. <laughs> um, I also noticed that there were so a seven, ton though. of carrots. Like yeah, how many carrots? I, there was like 20 carrots out there. I think she was trying to make carrot surprise. I mean, there was, it was obviously it was a dish that was very heavy on carrots and she needed, now, you know. Yeah. Now, do you think since Brandon wrote the script and they were you know, dating, Brandon <laughs> and Jerry were dating at the time. Yes. Brandon knew Jerry was a foodie. Is yeah. that why there's a kitchen in I, her quarters? I think you hit that nail on the head. Yeah, I, I really do. I really do. Yeah, that's why they put the kitchen. I just in there. don't know why you would write this scene where you have your girlfriend sampling stuff off of uh, someone else's finger. You know, like that whole thing. So that was creepy. Sort of very creepy, and just yeah. It, I don't know. The, the finger thing made me very uncomfortable. Cringe, mm -hmm. cringe, cringe. Yeah, because like, didn't okay. He she tasted it off of his finger, and then he tasted he it off tasted of his it own off finger of off of that. What she just. You it know what I'm saying? Like so extra, she, you know, Star Trek after dark or something going on. Oh, here. yeah. I don't know. I mean, Cootie Central. So Ugh. Ugh. it's just, yeah, it was just like, oh my goodness. This is very way too much like sexual TMI. It's too much TMI right here. Yeah. You know, it was too, TMI. Super too flirty flirting, and super sexual. Everything. Super flirty, super sexual. I didn't like it. Didn't seem yeah. like Chakotay. And no. again, this is where I'm this like, is like that's an not Chakotay. This is an episode of Red Shoe Diaries. That show, yes. Red Shoe Diary yes. for Showtime. Remember that? Yeah. And it was yeah. uh, it was the guy from uh, uh, David Duchovny was the 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 mm -hmm. the host or the narrator of that. It's a very it's, yeah. This felt like that tone, and that's yes. not our tone. This is not this is not a Star Trek Voyager episode. I'm sorry, no. it's just not. And by the way, I want to look at the script here to see see how the script described their action here because oh, they do kiss. please they do please. kiss at the end of the yeah, scene, right? Please go go. So Read it, it says. Uh, Let's see. Uh, you're beautiful when you're chopping, he says. She smiles slightly, continues chopping. I don't mean to sound like an old hollow novel, but you've got a wonderful smile. Back at him, it wasn't a smile, it was a smirk. Chicote, oh no, it was a smile. If I could check the internal sensor, I could check the internal sensors if you like. She looks at him, an electrifying moment, inches apart. Then she decides, decides to seize the moment of intimacy. Remain still, she says. He reacts. She raises her hand, runs her fingers along the lines of the tattoo. And then they talk. She leans and kisses him lightly on the lips. He returns the kiss, gently turning and folding his arms around her. After a beat, they part. I require more practice. She says, you're doing just fine. They kiss again, this time closer. The kiss grows passionate. Um, then we hear the noise and they break apart. So it's described kind of simply here. Like the first time is tentative and then they break apart. She says, I need more practice. The second time is this was shot and acted like it was, we've got an hour to watch them kiss. It just went on and on and on. And that's not how it's described. It's like a test kiss and then a kiss with a hug. And then there's a noise. That's it. 
it didn't have to be so drawn out sexually loaded yeah 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 oh my gosh yes anyway yeah and the our- funny thing is my memories of the of the whole chakotay seven canoodling was that it that was that it happened in real time and not on a holodeck like that was my memory I never remembered this episode being, being a holodeck thing a holodeck yeah and right. by the way, I want to bring this up now because there's moments where it happened. Yeah. When we go to real life and mm. Seven's talking to Chakotay, Robert Beltran threw in lots of moments of like knowing, you know what I mean? Where Robert Beltran would see her and say something, give a little extra smile. And to me, and it also happened with Janeway in a scene later with Janeway when she's going, what are you doing on the holodeck? It's as if she knew she was playing it loaded as opposed to playing it like like no oh, one else oh, oh, knows. You're, okay so you're saying both Robert Beltran and Kate Mulgrew in their own respective scenes with Seven played yes. it as if they knew that Seven was doing was a little doing something like some this. type of maybe not all thing. the detail okay but that so she was doing something that, with Chicote and they both played being, it that way wow and I'll get to it in the script cuz okay, that was the issue where I was I, like I to don't. me, that puts it way over. The, like, not only is it inappropriate that she's creating a fake Chakotay, oh goodness. but the and fact that they're playing along with it, with it is as even if it's more, real, yes. doesn't feel right at all to me. Like, this if they is, knew This is going to be the lowest rated episode of all for you. Could be. Could no, be. I think, we, I don't even say could be. See. I think it's, it will be. My gosh. Okay. Where are we? Um, uh, we come back uh, from the act out and and the awkward kissing to Seven playing piano with Chakotay and uh, he's sitting next to her, right? Yes, he's sitting next to her and they're. But kissing. it's a dream sequence though, because you've got yes. that filter going on, that kind of fuzzy filter, and then all of a sudden the doctor pops in, mm-hmm. um, saying that he wasn't aware that he she had a personal life. That's a prior line that he said to her earlier when they had that altercation, basically mm-hmm. in. Um, sick bay and that's she's, when she sees her reflection in the mirror of her full borg self who yes. she doesn't want to be yes any longer yes so and and she wakes up basically in this scene this is kind of you know a montage of of her uh dream how do you interpret that how do you interpret this dream scene what do you think the meaning i interpret was? that she's sleeping that they kissed that they made love mm-hmm. although they're both clothed so it's hard to know. Well, let me go to the script. <laughs> it says at the top of the act. Yes. The metronome, scene 33, the metronome is ticking. Scene 34, uh, seven of nine at the piano. 30, scene 35, her hands. Uh, scene 36, um, uh, on seven's face, she's playing. Scene 37, uh, interior view of her shoulder. The doctor who's studying the graphic turns and says, I wasn't aware you had a personal life. Scene 38, seven and Chicote kissing in the kitchen. 39, flames crackling and then dying out. The fire slowly dies out. Uh, mechanical noises. Scene 40, uh, in her casual look, she looks at the mirror and sees her Borg self. Scene 41, the metronome on top of the piano. Um, we hear Chicote say Chicote to seven of nine. Scene 42 in the holodeck quarters, she wakes up. So I think all of that was her dreaming. And then she gets a call from Chicote 
that he needs her to come down, right. seven respond, so she, report she, to Astrometrics. And then she says to fake Chakotay, good morning. And they sort of hold hands. And no, she he stand- says it to her. But he said, yeah, he says good morning. Right? Yeah, because that's the thing. Is it because fake hollow Chakotay says good morning in a like sexy, sexy kind of way? He's like, good morning. And then real life Chakotay also says good morning to her uh, in the next when scene he, when, when she, he runs when into she, her in the astrometrics. Correct, 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 correct. Yes. Correct. So, but, yes, they had Nookie or no? Oh, I think so. The I way agree. they played it, the yes. way they the way they played she it. She woke up from her, she slept in the holodeck, basically. Yes. You know what yes. I'm saying? And th- wouldn't that have arose some type of suspicion? Because there's people, there's people that are on night shift that that yes. when they get off a of night shift, they're going to want to go use the holodeck. They're going to say, whoa, 709 has been in here for like 12 all hours night. all yeah. night long. So I, that would have raised red flags immediately. Again, just holes in the script, I feel. Oh. Okay, she goes to runs down the hall, putting her hair back up, runs in astrometrics and Chakotay, the real Chakotay says, good morning. This is a scene where I felt like he was playing as if he knew, as if the real well, Chakotay. he knew because he read the script. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's but why. the actor should not have played. No, any, no, he should, no. He should have been totally professional. Yeah. I, I, okay, yeah, I'm just going to say, I, I'm, I, I did not see that. I feel like I have to watch it again now to see. What when you he just says, said, it's not like it's not like you to be late for a duty shift. Rough night. And he smiled. And I was like, oh, that okay. big smile is too knowing. You would have directed him differently then. Yeah, I would have just innocent. Rough night. Yeah. Are you okay? Are you, okay? Are you feeling yeah. all right? Like mm-hmm. play innocent mm-hmm. and then leave all this cringy stuff on her plate instead of. Unless or, Brandon, or taking unless, and, yeah, yeah, unless Brandon told uh, Alan, I want you to direct it this way. You know, yeah. I want it to be played this way. Who knows? We don't know. I'm looking at the script again. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to see if uh, it's not like you to be late for a duty shift. And then in parentheses, it says light rough night. So it is suggesting that he sort of smiled, but there was mm. a smile that Beltran did that wasn't a light like. <laughs> rough night. Okay. It was like, rough yeah, I mean, night. I'll agree with you. It's, it's quite insidious if they're in on the whole thing. And it I'm going to say creepy. because of that, that I think maybe you're reading into it too much and that maybe you see one thing that I don't see in terms of that, uh, that complicit uh, knowing of what has happened with mm-hmm. those two characters. I'm going to say that they don't know personally. Um, uh, I'll go but back the funniest, to the script but, later on. Okay, we'll we go can, back to it. we can. But the funniest part of this whole episode is right here because when, when he says rough night, seven says, not at all. Chakotay says, I'll be on the bridge if you find anything. And then he leaves. And so that's the point where each pipes up, pipes up and says better late than never. Titus Livius. A history of Rome, and immediately Seven's like, "You're relieved." <laughs> I yeah. love that interaction. Oh God, that was so funny. Funny, so good. Um, now they're playing music. Uh, mm. We're in the holodeck music room again, the place mm. we started at the beginning of the episode. She's playing. Chakotay's watching. Basically, this is a scene where she's using the metronome really tightly. Yeah, and Chakotay says, "Hey, try this without the metronome. You know, relax." Yeah. Yeah. Just play. He Let wants it. Know. He wants her to go. He wants her to be freestyle, right? He wants her yeah. just to feel it and go with the flow, kind of uh, mm-hmm. tactic, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Kinda go like, with your emotions. Yeah. Don't think about it so hard. Right. Don't be tied to this metronome. Her mm-hmm. first attempt or two is kind of rough. She doesn't trust herself. 
Mm-hmm. And then she trusts herself. And I did feel at the end when she plays that it was a more free, you could feel the difference between the metronome piano playing and her emotional piano playing. It was nice. It was a nice metaphor. I kind of wanted her to go from classical to something more classical rock. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, if she started playing like, um, um, dun, 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 just take those old records off the shelf. And she started like, you know, playing all like, that'd be know, nice. It'd be kind of cool. That would have been fun. I would have liked the episode better. See, I knew it. We go out to space. There's some weapons fire. Uh, We cut to the bridge. And basically, you know, these this firing range is happening again. There's more weapons being tested. Mm -hmm. Um, Chakotay calls for seven of nine. Uh, She says, go ahead. Uh, He says, we need those sensor calibrations. And she's in the holodeck. (laughs) She's not even at Astrometric. She's in the holodeck making googly eyes at Chakotay. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. She's got an addiction to this thing. She, she needs a, like a 12 step program. For she does. The holodeck. She does. Um, but she says, I got to get to my station. He says, yeah, that'd be a good idea. Act out. So she's busted. Uh, we come mm-hmm. back and on the bridge, Paris says there's whole fractures on deck 12. Janeway calls for seven report. She says, stand by. And then she is just, Getting into the uh, astrometric lab, yeah, and she says isolate subspace band Omicron Theta. Um, direct your sensors to coordinates one seven mark two. Um, Paris and Paris no. is like, there's nothing there. Nothing. So so she's she's she gave him the wrong numbers, which is like, and, oh and she my goes, I'm gosh. sorry. Correction one seven eight mark three six, and he goes, oh yeah, I can see him. Two warheads are about to emerge, adjusting course, but uh, it's it's too late. And uh, and there's impact and, you know, five, four, three, two, one. And the shockwave hits us again. Mm-hmm. Um, but our shields hold. And Janeway is pissed off. She tells Chicote, why wasn't seven at her post? And he says, well, maybe you should ask her. So we go to the ready. Room. But see, that's why I think he doesn't know. He's like, good question. Maybe you should ask her. Like, he's just he's I don't just, think he, doesn't he knows, have... but he's playing sort of a little bit of like, I kind I... of have my. My, my radar says you're flirting with me somewhere. Or that uh, we have chemistry. Okay, okay, okay. All right. He's playing chemistry that okay. was never on the show ever. I and don't suddenly see in this episode he's smiling with her and he's like, I, I okay. Don't know. All right. Right. It, it was just out of left field. All this. We go to the yeah. ready room, and Janeway's pissed off. Yeah. And um, Seven's making excuses. Yeah. Basically, she says. You know, what have you been doing? You've been on holodeck two for like, you know, the last 49 uh, hours in the last six days. Let's divide that into six, mm-hmm. so, uh, six, eight, 40. So that's basically eight hours a day she has spent in addition to her duty shift and mm-hmm. the time that she's supposed to regenerate. She doesn't even have time to regenerate. She spent almost her entire time yeah. on the holodeck yeah. every, every free every free second and the minute she's not on duty she's in the holodeck right and then she oh. comes back on duty when they're when she's being called and she's still on the holodeck and that's the mm-hmm. other thing she's not even in astrometrics yeah so yeah she's she's uh she's in trouble. slightly addicted yes the captain wants to know what she's doing in there and she says i was running a simulation of what and then she lies seven lies and says a new gravi- gravimetric, gravimetric array, array developing i wanted to perfect the design before i brought it to you 
Liar. She's a liar. She's lying. But this is where I kind of agree with you. Looking at Janeway's reaction, she played it like she knew something was up as well. She was very suspicious. I was like, "Mm, okay. Yeah. And and I want to, here's what I'll point out. It says when she lies in the script. Yeah. It says seven says a new gravimetric array I've been developing. I wanted to perfect the design before I brought it to you. Right. It says Janeway absorbs this, takes it at face value and continues. Oh, I so she's not her. supposed to play that she knows about no. it. No. At all. And then let's cut mm. to the end of the scene when yep. Seven's leaving. Yep. Janeway, it says, Janeway tries to lighten the moment. It sounds intriguing. Your new gravimetric array, when this crisis is over, I'd be happy to take a look at it. Maybe I can lend a hand. Seven nods, the guilt weighing on her. There's no suggestion at the end, because even at the end when Janeway, when Kate played this, she says, it sounds intriguing. It was yeah. still suspicious. It was, it was still definitely. It, she didn't take it at face value. She played she it didn't take completely it at face value. like she knew something was happening. And she didn't play it l- to lighten the moment. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I'm starting to go to team team uh, Robbie right now. Everybody's so. playing like they know what's going on, and it's mm. not helping. It's, it's no. hurting uh, to no. me. Okay. We go to Astrometrics. Uh, each Evan Seven huh. um, are talking about the sensor data. Yeah. Um, seven is irritated though. She knows she's made a big mistake here. Yeah. And tells each basically, "I'm going to go correct some. I'm going to go well, fix." He, well, he thinks that he offended her in this yeah. scene. He's asking about. Wait, did I say something? So yeah. So she has yeah, to go she, correct that problem. She's gone. Yeah. And we Back go to the, to the holodeck. holodeck. Yeah. It starts with a tight shot of uh, candles uh, getting blown out. So you mm-hmm. feel like she's shutting it down. Yeah. Um, but she activates the simulation. Chicote comes in and he's brought some food. He says, how does roasted chicken sound? Didn't we just talk about this? That he was a vegetarian <laughs> in the last episode, but now he's brought chicken. But he had roast with. Uh, is he a vegetarian yes. or is he not yes. a vegetarian? Yes. I have no idea. Yes, yes. Um, oh, but he also brings flowers, right? He smuggled yes. them from the uh, aeroponics bay. But you're right. Yes. He, he brought chicken, and the vegetarian is cooking chicken for them. Yeah, yeah. And but he basically. But it's Chicote, so Chicote is not vegetarian. Real I life Chicote is vegetarian. I guess not. Yeah, I guess go. not. Okay. Um. But Hollow Chakote says, what's up? And she says, um, you know, our relationship is interfering with my responsibilities. We're going to have to we're going to have to cut this off. Yeah. And Hollow Chakote literally says, well, I'll talk to the captain. I'll have her, you know, change your duty shifts. And I was like, no, that's a horrible HR move. Like, you can't just start playing favorites because you have a relationship. Yeah. Like, yeah. again, like. Yeah. Can we, all right. Can we agree on yeah. something? Let's just let's abbreviate. Instead of saying hello Chicote, can we say halote? Halote. Okay. Halote. Thank you. I like that. Um, Chicote halote. Yeah, he, it's bad. It's very bad. Halote does not want to break up. Seven says, I'm trying to correct this. He's upset. Halote is very upset because yes. he's mm, he's yeah. Yes. And as as he's getting upset, um, she starts to hear a noise. It's really getting you know, stronger and stronger. And he says, what is wrong? And she picks up her comm badge, activates it and calls for a medical emergency. But then we cut to sick bay and uh, she's not answering the doctor. He calls seven, seven, nothing. Mm -hmm. So he says, computer locate seven of nine computer says seven of nines in holodeck two. So we cut into back to her holodeck Mm -hmm. program Mm -hmm. and the doctor beams in Mm -hmm. and says, what happened? And Hollow Chicote says we we were having an argument. She collapsed, and it's bad. Her cortical node is shutting down. 
she's going into to neural shock and the doctor notices she doesn't have her facial implants. Did the doctor play, did Bob play like he was shocked that it was Halote that he sees here? Does he play that at all? I think he in plays scene, it a little he bit. plays it at the end, at the at very the end. Because when, okay. when Chakotay says, I thought you took all the cybernetic systems out of her. Yeah. He realizes, oh no, I never. This is okay. So wrong. he thinks this is real Chakotay then. He doesn't until think this that is. Moment, until that oh, moment, until Chakotay okay. says, I thought you took her implants out. Right. He goes, then he no, realizes. You know I didn't do that. So he yeah. turns off the computer. Right. And turns off the holodeck. Yeah. And we cut to seven on the ground of the of the empty holodeck with mm-hmm. the doctor and her mm-hmm. cortical implants kind of fritzing. Fritzing. Yeah. yeah. And that's our that's our act out. Mm-hmm. Um, we come back to sick bay. Seven's there. Um, she's just kind of waking up. And I think doesn't he give her a like a spray a to wake her up? Yeah. 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 Hypo spray. She wakes up. And she, she immediately. Sees- Calls for Commander Chicote. Yes, she does. She goes, Commander. Like she wakes up like uh-huh. that. Yeah. Yes. Red and flag. Yes, red flag. Yeah. Um, the doctor says, What were you doing? Yeah. Um, oh, he does say, if you're looking for your other holographic friend, yes. jealous much, are we? Jealous yeah. much? Oh my goodness. Why, yeah. by the way, let's just pause here for a second. Why, yeah. by the way, are is everybody trying to, why were the writers trying to put seven in relationships with the doctor, with love stories? Like why? Cause they missed out on their shot to pair her up with Seb, uh, with Harry. That's how it should have been in the first but place. Why does not, she have to be paired up? Because she's a sex symbol actress that we have to do romance with her. Why can't they, why, why did they have to do any romance with seven of nine? Why can't mm. they just let her be first learn how to be human before mm-hmm. they start trying to put her in relationships like Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah it it just didn't it felt yeah this whole thing i hear you um but the doctor and seven talk and uh um she explains that she has been you know conducting simulations to explore her humanity Mm -hmm. like social activities friendships with the crew even intimate relations and the doctor says, I take it the first officer is your romantic interest. So um, <laughs> she says, yes, he seemed like the appropriate choice. And he has uh, many admirable qualities. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. doctor says, why, why, why did this all start? You know, what prompted this? And she says, Unimatrix Zero, that ever since, uh, you know, that was destroyed, her life feels incomplete. She wanted, she wants to feel the emotions that she felt when she was at Unimatrix Zero. And you wanted to recreate those experiences and those feelings. And yes. so why not recreate the guy that you had a relationship yes. with in, in Unimatrix Zero, for goodness yes. sake? I mean, why are you pulling on Chakotay? It makes no sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and the doctor goes to finish the diagnostic, basically, at the end. Okay, now we go to engineering. Um, it's another great Steadicam move that mm-hmm. I, I love. They must have had the Steadicam on this engineering day because... He used it quite a bit. Yeah. And it was very effective. Yeah. Uh, Harry's there. Balana's there. Yeah. The, uh, oh, I think isn't the warp core back to, yeah. Yeah. yeah she we got says, the warp, warp drive is back. Yes. She calls the bridge, says the warp, warp drive is back online. Janeway yeah. says, well done. And we go to warp. We go out to space and we're off at warp. We go to the bridge again and Paris detects another subspace warhead 12 yeah. million kilometers away. Tuvok says we engaged engines, but the warhead must have diverted from its target and locked onto our warp signature because 
Yeah, so the minute we because, went to warp, yeah, now we are targets. We are mm. a target is chasing us. We're trying to get away. Paris can't get away from it. Um, no. And then she calls for a photon torpedoes full, full spread. spread. And again, you and I are both saying, no, you have negative 17 now. You don't even yeah. have a full spread left. But we ran out of torpedoes about six years ago. These so. are imaginary. These are these are imaginary <laughs> friends, imaginary torpedoes. There's yes. yes. So small children have imaginary friends. Captain Janeway, an adult, has imaginary photon torpedoes. So we fire them. But guess what? That warhead is like a smart warhead it has anti you know torpedo, torpedo <laughs> technology yeah so it basically eliminates all four of those torpedoes they're done they're neutralized that was a waste um, it was another a total waste, waste of torpedoes yeah. so janeway calls oh. a seven can you, <laughs> wasted can torpedoes. yeah and seven uh you know seven responds but janeway says look can you get me anything on this warhead's circuitry like what can we do seven says oh wait 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 she's got it she suggests that she can actually beam out the detonator uh, or the actual circuitry. Uh, I mean, and just kind of defuse it that way. Um, uh, this is something that I think people have a little bit of doubt about. They're a little bit worried, but seven says, well, you know, especially with her not, not being uh, herself uh, lately, top game oh, lately. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. she says, please give me the, yeah, the give me the chance to disarm this. The chance please. to disarm yep. them. Yep. And it's a little, it's a little touch and go because she tries, but the warhead is still too far away. She has to wait until it's exactly upon us because mm -hmm. that casing, that titanium casing is too mm -hmm. hard to beam through. So now it's literally one second away from hitting us. And that's when she, uh, she's able to, to beam out the, uh, the yes. uh, piece that she's trying to take out. To Which save was a cool our... shot in space. It to was. See it I like that shot. Impact, it sort of it, transports away. It right. was cool. It just reminds me of the, um, of, Galaxy Quest, the whole thing when they're like, why does it always stop at one second? You know, that's everything goes down mm -hmm. the, the, the countdown and then the ship's about to blow up and it's saved at the last second, which is what we did here. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. When we go to cart movie two, seven's there. The doctor comes in with some diagnostic news, mm -hmm. basically that he says the cortical node that she has, the Borg cortical node she has, had the fail safe mechanism that will deactivate drones if they start to regain their humanity. Their so emotion. that's why she passed out. That's why that's she was what on the that ground. That's what that sound was. Yeah. Uh, even, yeah. Yeah. Even though that's, she's not co connected to the hive mind, it's right. built into the node. It's like a governor, like a governor chip yeah. on a on a, a race car, you know, yeah. or something, a, a stock car where you can't mm -hmm. go above a certain amount. Same thing here. Your emotions yeah. can't be too much or yeah. else you get shut down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, he does walk two full circles around her in the scene. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's that's when Alan Crager sometimes can push it a little. Like he doesn't want to cut. He wants movement and the camera always moving. I, it's beautiful. I love it. And I was like, why did the doctor just walk two full circles around seven of nine to give her this news? But he did. Yeah. But he does. I mean, he wants to take that governor chip out of her, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. And he says she's... That it's going to take multiple surgeries and it yeah. could be difficult. Yeah. But he he could begin tomorrow. Yeah. And he thinks he's got a way to to get rid of that so that she can have all these feelings. Yeah. And he says, without without this procedure, you won't be able to continue your your simulations. Yeah. And she says, I've experienced enough humanity for the time being. They were only fantasies. <laughs> Inefficient use of my time. Uh... And the doctor now is like, well, you don't really believe that. He's kind of pushing her to like be more human. 
Yeah. You know, let me, let me try this. And she says, Nope, I need to regenerate. Good night, mm-hmm. doctor. So she doesn't want to go there. She tried it and didn't want to go there. Nope. Our very last scene is in the corridor. Yeah. Shukote and seven. Shukote catches up to her. Um, he says, where's the fire? She's walking pretty fast. Mm-hmm. She says, I've got to finish my report. And, uh, and Chakotay says, hey, Neelix is giving a cooking lesson in the mess hall, ta- Talaxian tenderloin in 10 minutes. He She's says, no, no longer interested. No, Mm-mm. no longer interested in cooking. And uh, Chakotay's like, oh, Balana's going to be there. Tuvok even said he'd show up. And uh, she says, no, thanks for the offer. Maybe another time. He says his last line, perhaps you should uh, try socializing with the crew a little more. It might do you some good. And then he walks away. Now, this was a, he stops behind her and she's standing there thinking and, she, and he stops behind her. He looks back at her. She looks over her shoulder. There's like this moment of, of knowingness, knowing. Now oh, I went no. to the script. I went to the script. Oh, no. OK. So in the script, it says, yeah, she says, I appreciate your offer. Another time, perhaps he says lightly, you know, you should try socializing with the crew a little more. It might do you some good. A beat. Uh, he has no idea that Seven's been trying what she's been trying to do all along. Mm. He heads down the corridor. Seven watches him go, a hint of regret, then turns and walks down a different corridor. So they don't share a look. He's he's no. walking away. Seven says lightly, oh, that's you know, weird. you should try socializing with the crew. You might, might do that's some so good. so weird. A beat and he leaves. That's it. And then wow. she looks after him and he's... Naive wow. about it, yeah. But yeah, instead, yeah. they both they, played it. They like, both played it like they both knew. You should, you, we should try some of this thing you've been doing in the holodeck. Maybe oh he my stopped. Goodness. He looked back, smiled. Yeah. She looked over yeah. her shoulder. Oh wow. Okay. 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 All right. Well, do you have a lesson from this episode that yes, you would I like do, to actually? Okay. I have a lesson. Yes. My lesson. I typed it out here. Yes. If you want. An authentic experience. Don't use fantasy. That's my lesson. Hmm. Okay. My experience was not real. No. It was not real. No. I hear you. All right. My lesson has more to do with her excessive use of the holodeck. Okay. (laughs) And it is a lesson I've learned from an prior episode of Voyager, and that is moderation is key. You must Mm -hmm. have balance in your life. You can't sit there and not even sleep and ignore. And this is how I get when I play video games. If I get a new video game, I sit there and I can game for 11 hours straight, not eat, not sleep, not whatever. And I'm fine with it. And so this is kind of, she went on, you know, this, the the correct word for this seven went on tilt. If you're talking about a gambling or poker term, she went on tilt uh, Mm -hmm. in this episode where all she could care about, the only thing she that mattered to her was that holodeck. That's it. And when you obsess on something like that in your life, where everything else falls by the wayside, it's no good, man. I mean, you've got to, no, you've got to make it to work on time. You've got to do, you got to, you have family obligations. You have work obligations, real life, real life obligations. You cannot sit here in a fantasy world and just disappear and leave for eight hours a day. She was in that, in the fantasy world. I mean, That's do you crazy. remember the episode Real Life? Speaking of real life, yes. real life where the doctor created a, hol- a holographic yes. family. Yes. If Seven had done something like that, I would. You would have totally, bought it. Totally bought you it. You would have bought it. The yeah. Chakotay, you, you know. Yeah. 
Uh, that that no. just yeah, but uh-uh. see, but see, this is what's so crazy: a slight pivot, and you're okay with this episode. This episode doesn't get poo pooed by you. You know what I'm no. saying? Where it is, if if it's followed the same format of the Doctor in in the real life, that episode, mm-hmm. you would have been absolutely fine. Yeah. So there you go. All right. So what is your rating? Hmm. I cannot wait to hear this. Do you really want to know? Uh, yeah, and you know what? Don't 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 sugarcoat it please I'm, i mean I'm not I'm we're, not we're almost sugar. done with this whole thing you know if you get some critiques we're almost done with the entire review of voyager <laughs> let us hear it my man i give this episode a one Whoa! i hear you i, I literally me. think this is a, a huge mistake on almost every level i yeah. just i don't think this is a good episode i know some people it might be their favorite episode yeah but to me this was cringeworthy squared. It was just, yeah, I give it a one. I do. What about you? Four. So below, yeah, like below the halfway mark. I have not looked at this yet. I have not looked at this yet. That's your lowest. I think ever, ever. by the way. And that is your lowest ever. We've never given it this low ever. The captain and average rating. I'm nervous now. (laughs) Yeah, it's 9.4. What is it? Hmm. 5.7. 5.7. Okay, that is the lowest. That is the lowest of all the captains and admirals wow. ratings that we've had in the entire time we've been doing ratings. So it's agreed upon across the board. We may have different levels of poo-poo, but... Yeah, but it's definitely yeah. poo-poo in all our books because it's okay. so... It's it, it's completely from left field. Yeah. And it starts with the intro scene because yes. you sit there and you're like, and wait a minute. Wait, did you... Nothing you, happened. You, you, no, you start to think, did the editor screw up? Was there another part of that opening scene that we didn't get thought, to see? I literally thought my TV had broken when, you, it, when it faded out. I was like, because I've been having trouble with my... my. I have a projector room yeah. I watch it in. So the projector's having, having some issues. Yeah. yeah. It's been blacking out. Sure. Like, sure. You know, the connection's not been good. Yes. And so I literally thought when it faded, I thought... Oh, oh, there it goes again. The thing's there it going. goes again. That darn and projector. And I ro- rolled it back. I'm like, no, no that was that's it. How that they actually it. did now it. Now it's opening credits. They went right. Oh. So from the get go, opening scene number one, red flags everywhere for everyone watching this episode, yeah. unfortunately. Um, some very funny lines and some very funny dialogue yeah. that was written in there by the Alan writers. Alan Craker did a yeah. beautiful job directing, Still, even, yeah. even though he made Bob walk two circles. Around, uh, I still like his direction. As I, I thought, whether it was scripted, like some of those shots in the first scene, yeah. I thought were him. No, it was no, in the script. It was all scripted, and no. you gotta agree with me. That's also rare. It, yes. where it's that, where it's you know that laid kind out of in that kind of detail. You've got to mm-hmm. be kidding me. Yeah. That's sort of like it's almost like did you even need Alan to show up here? Like you just broke down every shot. It's it's. Yeah, I don't know. And by the way, with our and I know this is a small sample, our average rating is five point seven, and yeah. what you and I gave. Yeah, but you know, people always say when I go to conventions, "Oh, Threshold, the worst episode ever." Yeah, was Threshold a five point seven? I don't think so. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> it's not no, that low. No, no. Um, I'm going to say Threshold is like Lawrence of Arabia compared to this episode. So, uh, no. I wonder no. if I have. No. I wonder if I have my threshold ratings. No, and, and I, I get Robbie, a little Robbie, threshold. About. No, listen to me. Threshold. The only thing that turns people off is that ending. It's just the whole seeing the salamander babies is just like freaks people out. And I think that's it. Up until then, it's a great episode. And then all of a sudden, it's like, what? They have children. They have offspring. 
and they're abandoned in a way. So it kind of it leaves you with a sour taste in your mouth. That's yeah. what it is. That's it. Yeah. But up until then, great acting by you, cool prosthetics, a great, you know, uh, great beginning, sci-fi premise. Middle, uh, yeah, great sci-fi yeah. premise. I feel like this episode, the sci-fi was a C storyline. The whole Warheads thing was almost like a C or D yeah. storyline. Everything, the A storyline was the hookup. The B storyline was the makeout. The C storyline, it just kept, you know, it was a soap opera. Cringe. Cringe, yeah. cringe, cringge. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's 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 put this behind us. Let's, Thank you everyone for tuning in. I'm sorry if Robbie and I sounded like if this is if this is your favorite episode of Voyager, we apologize if we offended you, but we this is our genuine feelings about this episode. And it is. Um, it is. we're just gonna say thank you for tuning in to hear us gripe about this one <laughs> and um um join us next week where i'm sure we will have a much more positive outlook on star trek voyager episodes in general uh join us for the episode q2 uh, oh, yeah, and any I'm episode that we have q in it with john delancey is a good episode so i'm yeah. sure everything will be sunny sunny back, skies back and normal. rainbows back to normal again so yes. join us then for all of our patreon patrons please join us for more torture after this <laughs>